Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Oh, we're in luck today. Lisa Gilroy is an actress, comedian, and host of the international Emmy-nominated series Undercover High and YTV's The Zone. For some reason, production was delayed, so I was just alone in the city for three weeks with no job. Kind of thinking the whole time, like, is this job hosting a prank show actually just a prank on me? Like, that my dream is to host a TV show, and now suddenly, like, it felt like I was on a prank show, really. I didn't know if it was real until the day we started filming. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? The encouragement that I can offer is that like you're never too small or you're never too inexperienced. Like if you just happen to be what they're looking for, you're what they're looking for and nothing's gonna change that. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, coming to you from my studio, and joining us via Skype from his home office in Vancouver, Canada, is your co-host, Fred Keating. Also joining us via Skype from Toronto, Canada, is our special guest, Lisa Gilroy. Fred, tell us about Lisa. Oh, we're in luck today, Marvin. Lisa Gilroy is an actress, comedian, and host of the international Emmy-nominated series Undercover High and YTV's The Zone. So, Lisa, welcome and thank you for spending some time with us today. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Hey, Lisa. It's great having you. Tell us about YTV. I mean, especially for the benefit of our non-Canadian listeners, because, hey, everybody in Canada knows what YTV is, but we do have listeners from around the world, so... Go for it. So YTV stands for Youth Television Network, and it's our national go-to for kids' content. So it's kind of like the Canadian version of Nickelodeon that they have in the States. All your kids' stuff. So like depending, I guess, on what time of the day, there's cartoons, there's kind of like sitcoms. And then The Zone, the thing that I host along with two other co-hosts, is kind of like an interstitial segment. So we pop up every commercial break between 4 and 6 p.m. every day and say, like, you're watching SpongeBob and Up Next is this and kind of, like, entertain the audience with games or crafts or whatever. Our demographic is around, like, 10 to 12 years old. In fact, Lisa, before we started to roll, we had been talking about YTV has been around in Canada for 25 years or more. You actually grew up on YTV. Oh, yeah. I think probably most Canadian kids did. It's really rare to find someone who didn't grow up watching it. Even The Zone itself, the interstitial segments are have been around for just as long. So uh, yeah, they back in the day, they used to call them PJs. It was like program jockeys and they were all my heroes. So it was so surreal to get a job at YTV and come into the studio and see this thing that I'd been watching on camera for years and years and suddenly be there. It's so weird. Great. Well, tell Fred and I the backstory about how all of this happened. Well, It's kind of a medical miracle, (laughs) minus the medical part. So I grew up in Edmonton and always wanted to do kind of on-air stuff, but there wasn't a ton of opportunities. So, um, but I was really into comedy and I had been doing workshops with Rapid Fire Theatre, which is a big improv company in the 
in the country and uh, they were doing a show called Improv on the Ave and I would get together with other improvisers and do that show and that led to kind of joining an all-girls improv troupe that we called Drop Claw. So I was doing a ton of comedy and ended up with a theater company called Grindstone Theater doing improvised musicals. So there was all of us doing uh, this a, a weekly show together and so we kind of shared uh, everything. So we were always like passing along audition information to each other and whatever. And so it came up that they were doing a Canada-wide casting call for a host for a prank show for kids. And um, I was really cynical at the time and really sad because I had wanted to work in TV for so long. But it's just kind of scary and overwhelming to have a dream so big when you're in Edmonton. And like I I'd never really felt brave enough to move or do anything like that. So I was pretty cynical when the audition first popped up. Because I thought, like they said in the in the casting call that, you know, you need to be a Toronto local, say who your representation is and all this stuff. And I, I had no agent. I'd never, I'd never auditioned for anything outside of theater or comedy before in my life. So it was kind of daunting. But the girls in my troupe were doing it. So we all got together and filmed our auditions and uploaded them to YouTube along with thousands of other people and just... That was also very embarrassing for me because I did not want an <laughs> audition tape floating around on YouTube. But I put it out there and um, I got a callback. I didn't even know what a callback was. So I texted the rest of my improv troupe and I said like, hey, when are we getting together to make the second video that they want? And everyone was like, what second video? And then I realized that I was making it farther down the line. So sent in a second video and then a couple weeks later I got a phone call asking if I wanted to come to Toronto and host a TV show. They wanted me there in like a week. <laughs> so wow. packed up everything and headed across the country. I have two questions. <laughs> One is the rudest question a man can ask a woman, but how old were you at the time? At the time I was 24. Mm -hmm. And when did you start all the improv stuff? So I started doing improv probably when I was around 20. And the second question I guess would be, any of the girls still speaking to you? <laughs> You know, I was really nervous about that. They're, not, they're great friends. They're like such amazing girls. But when I found out, because really they had been the ones that invited me to audition. In fact, they asked me to come and film them audition. And then while I was there, I just ended up also sending one in. So, yeah, kind of a weird twist of fate. But they're such great girls. And some of them are living here in the city now, too. So it's great. Oh, dynamite. Lisa, what happened when you got to Toronto? Well, when I got to Toronto, uh, so it had been all this like rush, rush, rush to come come over um, so I came as fast as I could, and then it was like it was like a hurry up and wait kind of thing because uh, for some reason production was delayed. So I was just alone in the city for three weeks with no job and doing nothing, kind of thinking the whole time like, is this job hosting a prank show actually just a prank on me? Like that my dream is to host a TV show, and now suddenly like it felt like I was on a prank show. Really, I didn't know if it was real until the day we started filming. So I sat around for a bit and waited for things to start going. And then um, our first day of filming was actually the pilot that they had shot previously. They had a, sep a different host on it. So that was also kind of a crazy thing that they, the network had wanted a, like a fun boy to host it, like as a mischievous prankster. But somehow I wiggled my way in there. So I came back and on the first day of shooting, it was, uh, I was just really reshooting segments. So they had already done the prank. They'd already done all that, all the like heavy lifting. And then really it was just me reshooting his like intros and comments. I had to pretend that the prank was going on and kind of fill in the gaps from where they were taking out his footage. So that was also kind of... <laughs> 
kind of daunting. A little bit more about that audition process. Did you get the job based strictly on that audition tape and, and the callback? What, what really happened there? Yeah, it's insane. They, I, I didn't meet anybody in person. In fact, all they saw of me was like, you know, waste up footage. And so when I came and met them for the first time, it was really, it was really scary because I was like, oh, well, I hope that they still like me when they see me in person. So the the audition process was mostly improvised. So I think that helped me a lot. The first tape, the request was just get together with another person, another improviser or whatever, and imagine that they're the younger sibling of someone that they want to prank. So and then so talk to them about why they want to prank their older sibling, what you're going to do, all this stuff and make it around two minutes. So that was a, I mean, that was great for me because improv was really all I knew at the time. And then the callback was a little bit more specific. It was like, okay, here's the specific setup. This is who you're talking to. This is exactly who they want to prank and how they want to prank them. So basically say all that, but there was no, there was no script ever. So, um, that helps. <laughs> that helps for me. Lisa, you mentioned your improv work that you did at Rapid Fire Theatre. Is there anything else in your background that you think our listeners should know about in terms of maybe your background education? For instance, did you study drama? How did you really get into all of this in the first place? So I started at the University of Alberta. I was doing my education degree because I always knew that I loved doing drama in a, like a less formal sense. Like I've always just been a goofball. So even if I was too afraid to audition for the play or do any of that stuff, I always was entertaining people in my personal life. So I thought like, oh, I need to get more involved. I need this in my life as a career. So I thought like, oh, I'll be a drama teacher. So I went to the University of Alberta and I was taking drama courses and I had a teacher there who was awesome. And he encouraged me to uh, do the combined degree program which is the addition of the arts degree, so that I could kind of double major in drama. And at the time, that was all I wanted. I just wanted more and more of it. So I took classes like clown and um, physical comedy and uh, public speaking and all that stuff. And then, of course, like more serious classes as well, like scene study and things like that, that weren't, you know, that aren't my main jam. Like, I don't love to make people cry or to cry on stage, but um, it's so helpful. Like, it's all turned out to be so helpful in what I'm doing now. Lisa, uh, tell us a bit about the, the way that these improv skills have, I think, encouraged YTV to expand your role there in terms of hosting live and big events. Yeah, so my initial job on Undercover High had some scripted portions, and then there was really only one segment of the show where it would be improvised. It's like show punked where Ashton Kutcher watches a prank unfold with his like team of pranksters from a private location. He's being very sneaky. So I would do the same thing. So I would have like a team of actors and they would go in and I would be in a trailer and I would make comments to camera the whole time. So that stuff was improvised for me um, as well as like the accomplice meetings where we I would kind of meet with the principal and we would talk about how we want to prank the students. The premise of this of the show is pranking students in their high school. So with that portion of the show was meant to be actually very small, but because I love to do improv and it ended up being so silly and fun, the producer started kind of lengthening that segment of every show. So it, it ended up kind of being a more of like an improvised takeover by the end of it. And I think that's why YTV hired me onto The Zone to do the interstitials is because so much of that is improv. We always have a script every day. We show up to set, we have a script, but it's so fast paced and the, and the hits are so short that really you can just skim the script with your eyeballs and then put it down and head on to camera. And as long as you have the gist of what you're communicating, everything else really, I feel, works better when it's improvised. Because otherwise, you know, if you have to take the time to memorize the script between every single segment, 
it moves pretty slow and it kind of drags energy down. So I'm really grateful to work with other hosts that are also great at just like kind of off the cuff improv and make it up as we go. That, that works for me. And the zone is, of course, the after school segment where everybody, audience included, needs a little bit of a boost in energy. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly right. Tell us about The Next Star. Oh, yeah. The Next Star was uh, the first thing that I hosted outside of Undercover High. So I had been doing the show and um, I, 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 and through that met people that also worked for YTV. And, oh, I had gone to an autograph signing, which was like the most embarrassing thing I've ever done because it was... I think Undercover High had been just released. So one episode was out there. And then I was set up at this autograph table with all these other like YTV stars. And nobody knew who I was. It was very humbling. Um, But through that, I met other hosts who at the time, one of the hosts at that autograph table was uh, Mark Suknanen, who was doing all the web content and the, the after show for The Next Star. And The Next Star is this big giant reality TV show competition, American Idol type of thing for kids. So they sing and they compete against each other for one final winner. And um, I met him there and he was in charge of doing the the pre-show. So he got to host the pre-show for the big finale. And so he asked me if I would like to co-host with him. I mean, of course, with the permission from the production company. But I don't know. I guess for them, it seemed like a good fit. Like I was this new personality to YTV. And that really helped me a lot. Like it gave me a huge boost. And uh, The Next Star is like one of the most watched shows on YTV. So it was a huge honor to be able to co-host the pre-show with him. Oh, that's great. And that taps into your improv skills as well, does it not? Oh, of course, because The Next Star was my first live experience as well. So yeah, really, there's no amount of preparation that can prepare you for if like a monitor goes down or like a prompter or suddenly you have to stretch or, you know, there's all sorts of things that can kind of fly up in your face and you really just got to do it. So that was good for me because I've been on stage in a lot of awkward positions before or, you know, just making it up as I go. So that was very helpful for that. I mean, thankfully, nothing horrible happened during the filming of that. But uh, it's good to know that I have that in my back pocket. And I also remember that autograph session you mentioned, because while I couldn't make it, I did uh, actually, an 11-year-old sold me your autograph for $75. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Win-win. He was happy. So was I. Now, Lisa, I'm not normally as rude as Fred, so I'm not going to be rude and, and actually ask you how old you are now. But I'm going to speculate that you're probably still in your 20s. So what advice do you have for your cohorts who maybe want to do what you do? Oh, I, I thought you were going to ask me that. I'm just so, it's so overwhelming because I really don't know. Like there's, of course, there's like pieces of advice that I can give, but I mean, I used to be so hungry for and still am, you know, hungry to make things in the comedy world and get out there and do more stuff and, you know, be on a sitcom and all this stuff. And I used to read like Tina Fey's books and Amy Poehler and Mindy Kaling. And I would always like be, I would just flip through to like get to the part where you tell me how I do this. But everybody's stories are so different and so much of it is just chance. So I don't know, really like Undercover High was the very first television audition I ever did. And it was a a self-tape. Like, I didn't know. It was the first of many things that I'd ever done. So it was a huge shock to suddenly be working in full-time television, having gone, you know, just zero to 60 like that. I guess the only, like, encouragement that I can offer is just keep 
doing it, like put, put yourself out there because I really didn't want to do that self-tape. I didn't want to audition. When my friends asked me to come and film them, I was so jaded at the time thinking like, well, they're probably looking for a male host because it's a prank show and they need someone who lives in Toronto and I live in Edmonton. Like I was very cynical about the whole process and rightfully so. I mean, it can be really hard, but that being said, I'm so glad I did, I did upload that video because it's changed everything in my world. So I guess the encouragement that I can offer is that like you're never too small or you're never too inexperienced. Like if you just happen to be what they're looking for, you're what they're looking for and nothing's going to change that. You know, Lisa, something that really stands out for me about your story is that you laid the groundwork. You pursued your drama degree. You went through the education. You did a lot of practicing locally with your improv group. And then when opportunity came, you were ready. It's definitely the truth. And you know what? That's been something really encouraging to me, even as I go now, because there's no point of making it. Like, yes, I'm I'm working in television now and I, I have like consistency at the zone. But th- that being said, like it's still children's television. Like, you know, I can only be so old to host or everything ends. And in this career, it's it's just always kind of ups and downs. There's no it's not like I have a nine to five and an engineering degree. That's that's something I'll never have. So, um, yeah, just like the feeling of making it isn't really a thing, I guess. So what's been encouraging to me is that I know this is what I'm passionate about. So I've always been passionate about drama and comedy and stuff like that. So you're right. I was pursuing it before I got this and I will continue to pursue it afterwards. And I really think that if you chase after what you want to do, something has to happen. Like even if I didn't get this TV show and I kept doing comedy, kept auditioning or whatever, you know, somewhere down the 10 years down the line, I'm going to have some sort of career in comedy. You can't help but build something, whether it means you make your big break or not. You're, you're going to be working in the field that you love if you put all of your attention towards what you love. Well, in fact, that's one of the recurring themes of this, of this series, Lisa. And I, I think you're spot on when you talk about your audition or the audition leaping to Toronto as a bit of a shot in the dark. I'm reminded of uh, Steve Martin, the, the famous comedian and, and author, who said uh, his advice uh, to the next generation was, be so good, they can't ignore you. Yeah. So apparently, for all the little ticks you thought were working against you, you were so good, they couldn't ignore you. And in fact, imported you. You know, many, many congratulations. And you're right, it's not a linear progression, but by golly, you're you're kicking on all cylinders at this point. In fact, Marvin, I was hoping that we could ask Lisa to return for another episode because I know in addition to the YTV aspect of her career that there's a ton of other ways that she's using herself and the new digital universe to get information out about her and also potentially generate revenue or more work opportunities for herself. And and while I know it's a, a little late to get into it in this interview, Wondering, Lisa, if you wouldn't mind returning at some point and telling us about all the non-YTV stuff that you're involved in. Yeah, of course. I would love to. Then it's a date. Yes. My first date. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.